she's had a, um, some abdominal pain uh, for the last 24 hours it's, that uh, could possibly be appendicitis. So, so just keep her in prayer while they're over there. I'm waiting for a, a text. So if, if uh, I'm not looking for it, but if I get it and you see relief or I run out of here, you'll know why. <laughs> but uh, take your Bibles and turn to Second Peter. Uh, but not where we were at. Turn over to chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. We're going to come back to the text that we were at, but um, uh, we'll uh, be coming back to it. Verse 18 says this, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. Let's pray. Father God, I, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for all that you've given unto us. I pray, God, that you would help us uh, as we look at your word. Lord, help us, help me uh, to preach your word, to speak your truth, to proclaim it, Father. Uh, Lord, I, I, I ask that you would uh, fill me with your spirit, um, focus my mind upon upon your word and and upon what we have here before us. And Lord, may, may your will be done in, in, in all of this, Father. We thank you. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. At the end of Second Peter, the very last verse that Peter leaves off with is this, grow in grace. Uh, if you think about this, he didn't start with that. Uh, you go back through and there's much there, but Peter's, and in fact, we're going to go back to chapter 1 and look, look at how we're to grow, what we're to do, but the, the uh, encouragement, the the, the the words that he is leaving them with is this, grow in grace. Now, things that are dead don't grow. Uh, there, there was, uh, when I bought the tree, or bought the tree, bought the house where I lived, there was a, a dead tree uh, in, in the front yard. It was a massive tree. It was about yay big around, and, and uh, there was no life in it whatsoever. And you know what it never had? It never had leaves on it never produced any seeds, and never got any taller. Um, in fact, it got smaller and smaller, a little bit at a time, until one day uh, the largest part of it fell off uh, in, uh, in across the road, and, and then I had to pay somebody to come and cut it down before it killed somebody. Uh, but uh, it, it, it never changed. Dead things don't change. They, uh, well, they don't change for the better. Um, I've seen some dead things, and they change for the worse. Uh, they become more rotten, they stink, they become uh, putrid and disgusting, and a uh, place for f flies and larvae to grow, and it's just, that's disgusting, and nobody wants to see that or really think about that. Um, but, but dead things don't change for the better. But, but things that grow, uh, that indicates that there's some life there. Now, uh, as children of God, and as a church, uh, we are to be alive, amen? We were dead in our trespasses and sins, but now we are alive through Christ Jesus. Uh, the church is, is not a, a building. It's not an organization. It's not a club. It's a, a living organism. Breathing should be reproducing. It should be growing. Uh, there, there needs to be some kind of, of change, some kind of progression that takes place. Uh, it's never good to just get comfortable with where you're at as a child of God. Uh, it doesn't matter if you are a brand new Christian or if you're an old salty Christian who's been saved for 50 years. You, you haven't attained. 
Uh, even the Apostle Paul says in the book of Philippians uh, uh, that he hadn't attained, but he was pressing toward the prize of the high, pressing for the mark of the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you've not learned everything there is to know about God. You've not learned everything that there is to know about Jesus. You haven't suffered everything that you're going to suffer, and you don't know everything you're going to need to get through those sufferings. There needs to be growth in our lives. If there isn't any growth, we become stagnant, and stagnant, uh, stagnant things. Uh, uh, I think of water, I think of mosquitoes, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's ugh, algae growing. You ever seen one of those stagnant ponds? We don't want to become a stagnant pond. A breeding, a, a breeding uh, ground for bloodsuckers, right? Uh, we don't want that to be our church. We want our church uh, to be growing and living and, and reproducing. And, and, and so, so as I look at that verse, it, says, it, it, it tells me something. That I am to, and we are to, as Peter wrote this, to grow in grace. What is grace? Is it, is it uh, that I'm just going to, ah, okay, I'm bigger now. I'm smarter now. I'm more mature now. No. That's not the, what we can do. What is grace? Well, we, we know the word grace means undeserved favor, right? That's the classic understanding of grace. Many young, young people, uh, you think of mercy as not getting what you do deserve, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. Uh, but, when you th- but let's add, build on that basic understanding of grace and know that the, the, any growth that takes place in the child of God, even their salvation is by grace, right? It's by the work of God in your life, that changes us and, and increases us in our, in our spiritual walk with the Lord. In fact, notice what it says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only are we to rely upon the grace of God to work in us, we're to, to seek to know Christ better. In fact, at the end of this year, 2022, we should be able to say that I know Jesus better today than I knew him on January 1st. That you should be able to say today that you knew that you know Jesus better than you did in 2020. Uh, there needs to be a, a, a continual progression. Uh, growth is natural. It's not unnatural. You, you see a little baby and they, they do baby things. They cry. They eat, and they make messes. That's, that's what babies do. They, they're reliant upon, upon their parents to, to help them, to feed them, to clean them up, to dress them, to keep them warm. Uh, uh, they can't do anything for themselves. But if you have an 18, well, sometimes 18-year-olds are like that too. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, 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 if you have an 18-year-old that that's all they do, there needs, there's a problem. Growth is natural. And, 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 and just like it's natural in a, in a child, it's natural for a Christian. Because we all start as babes in Christ. Now, we're not all babes in Christ. We're not. Praise the Lord. We're all in different areas of walks in our life. And, 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 and we need to understand that and be, and, and, uh, and be gracious enough to, to realize that somebody else may not be where we're at in our spiritual maturity. And if you are spiritually mature enough, you'll understand that. And if not, you, you may judge others for where they're at. But, but what's, what's important is that we all grow from where we're at to be like Christ. We can't grow stagnant. We've got to keep, continue on. It says, but grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we do this to him for this reason. To him be glory. 
We want our lives to bring honor and glory to God, and it does that by our growth in, in, of maturity in our Christian life. Now, you go back into 1 Samuel chapter 2, and you read about Samuel, who grew. And Go ahead, and let's, let's look at these verses. 1 Samuel chapter 2, in the Old Testament. First Samuel chapter two. We're going to look at verse twenty-six when we get there. It says, "Verse twenty-six says this." And the child Samuel grew on, and was in favor with the Lord, and also with men. Now we know that here it's speaking partly of his physical growth. When Samuel came to, to, to Eli in the temple, he was but a, but a young lad, right? And every year his mom would bring him a coat uh, to keep him warm. And, and guess what? He grew, and next year she had to bring him another coat because they get bigger. I, I'll praise the Lord when I, when I have to stop buying shoes or when I get to stop buying shoes for my kids. They can't seem to stop growing out of their shoes because uh, guess what? Kids grow. But he's also growing spiritually. Notice was, he, he grew in favor with God. And with man. That, 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 that indicates that he didn't stay the same. But that, that God, through his grace, uh, uh, helped him and, and, and enabled him to grow. Look over at chapter 3. Same, same book. Second, or first Samuel chapter 3, verse 19. And again it says, And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Here, you see Samuel growing even more and maturing and God speaking to him. And notice what it says, that he grew in favor with God and that, that God was with him and, 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 and didn't let his words fall to the ground. That means that God upheld. And, and as Samuel spoke, and remember, Samuel was a prophet of God. God, God gave him the words to speak. So, uh, so, and, and God allowed people to, to hear and obey. God backed him up as being the, the prophet of the people of Israel. He would be the one who would anoint David. He would be the one uh, to confront Saul, uh, to anoint Saul, and then later confront Saul. And so uh, we understand that God was with him in all of that. Listen, as he wasn't a young boy when he approached David, and, or not when he approached David, when he approached Saul and, and said, what meaneth the bleeding of the sheep? He had to grow up into the man that he was then, the, the spiritual leader of, of the people of Israel. Uh, he needed the grace of God upon his life, God to speak to him. He needed to walk with God. Spiritual growth. It's necessary. Second Samuel chapter 5, verse 10 speaks of David and how he grew before the Lord and, and grew in favor. We don't need to turn there. Uh, but the same, the same idea is that there is uh, not just physical growth, but spiritual growth that is necessary in, in, the, in the child of God. Well, well how does this happen? How do we, how do we get to, to grow? I, children just grow by themselves, don't they? It almost seems like it. Except I found out that my grocery budget gets bigger and bigger every year. <laughs> I'd say I'd say say it again, but I don't want it to repeat it. That's terrible. It's uh, the, the, my kids eat more and more. I can remember back in the, when Elijah was just a little baby, and and uh, in the, in the hospital they actually kept him uh, because he wasn't getting enough nutrition and was losing weight. And they when they finally we got they let us go like a week. After he was born, and they said, if he continues to lose weight, we're going to have to bring him back in. And they had this mass, this contraption of 
tubes and syringes and things hanging and 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 it was a, it was a mess and he wasn't getting anything to eat and uh, we got home the next day and I, I I fidget we just fidgeted with all that stuff and tried to get to work and he wasn't eating and I was like listen I don't want him going back to the hospital tomorrow so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go buy a bottle and I'm going to put some of your milk in his in that bottle and we're going to see if that helps and I I remember uh, taking that bottle and giving it to him and. While he could not latch to his mother, he was having trouble with, with, with that, he certainly latched onto that bottle, and it was gone in less than, less than a minute. He drank more in a minute than he had his entire life. Now, he keeps doing that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it, it literally, it, he sucked that stuff down. I never see his little belly. He gained weight just in that one meal. But, but the, he went back the next day, and he actually put on weight, weighed, weighed more than when he was born. So they let us take him home again. And I wish we could take him back. I'm just kidding. I'm only teasing you, Elijah. <laughs> uh, but, but guess what? We're the same way. What does the Bible say? If you look at First Peter chapter 2, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says this, and that's Second Peter, hold on a second. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says this, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may, here's that word again, grow thereby. God gives us the word of God so that we can grow in maturity. And so that we don't stay the same. Sometimes I wish Elijah was still a little boy, a baby. In fact, we were over at my parents' house yesterday, and we finally had an epiphany as to what baby it was in the, in the uh, picture of uh, my dad holding a baby. We, we, I knew it was one of my kids. I just couldn't remember which one it was. because You know when they're, when they're brand newborn, they all look almost the same? And they all look similar, but we finally figured out it was Elijah. And you realize that was 11 years ago. Oh, my word. And in 11 years, he's going to be 22 and 8 foot tall. <laughs> right? Hey, he's going to, I hope he's not 8 foot tall. <laughs> but but, he, but he's grown up since from where he was. But not just in size. He can talk now. And he cleans up his own messes sometimes. <laughs> when we tell him. Right? Hey, listen, and I'm not trying to pick on Elijah. And I'm sorry, buddy. If you're, I'm embarrassing you. Uh, I'll stop. Uh, Oh, Ezra, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, do you understand what I'm saying? Especially those with kids. Our, our kids grow and they change and they mature, and, and that's normal. And we're to do the same thing. And God has given us the Word of God to 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 grow. And first, we start out with the sincere milk of the Word, and and we we need to desire it, and hunger for it, and read it, and study it. And the Word of God in you, Jake, will will help you to grow and mature to the point where you don't want milk anymore. You want meat. I like steak. Y'all like steak? <laughs> ribs, ribs are good. I had Wagyu steak. I think that's how it's pronounced. Really expensive. Uh, we went on our, on our honeymoon. Or not honeymoon. We went on our uh, anniversary, and I had a Wagyu steak. It was about that big. The best steak I have ever had. It was amazing. I love steak. But I love it because I can chew it. Babies can't chew steak. They need milk. Uh, or, you know, squash peas or whatever it is people give them nowadays. Uh, but but there's, there's, there's growth, there's change. And as we read and study the Word, the Word of God gives us strength. 
In fact, the Bible tells us this in 2 Timothy chapter 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's profitable. It means it's good for us for something. Nobody ever likes to eat things that are good for them. Do you like broccoli? Asparagus? See, some people say I like this, but I don't like that. I don't like none of it. I'm just kidding. Uh, I actually like broccoli and asparagus. Uh, cauliflower, uh, all those things that are good for you. Uh, uh, my wife likes to make lots of dishes. She'll take really, de- really delicious food, and she'll ruin it by changing the recipe uh, by making it healthy. Now, it's good for your body, but it doesn't taste the same as the baby back ribs with the, all the sugary barbecue sauce and, or whatever else, you're, whatever else it is that you're into eating. Right? It's different. It's, it's, it's health, a healthier version for you. Guess what? The Word of God is good for you, and a lot of times people don't like what's good for them. But it will give you the strength that you need. In fact, the Bible, the same verse, or the next verse goes on to say that it gives us everything that we need. It equips us with doctrine and truth. It, it corrects us when we're wrong. It, it's, it gives us the, the, right, the right course we're to walk on. It, it encourages us. It, it chastises us. Listen, it does everything that we need to, to empower us and enable us that we can be good, solid, mature Christians. Praise God for that. That God supplied what we needed. So that we can grow and not stay the same. One of the things that scares me is when Christians never get challenged by the Word of God. They can read the same thing. They're never convicted of sin. And listen, we all sin. Let's just be honest. We all make mistakes. And none of us have attained. Brother Frank said, I don't remember any mistakes I've ever made. I'm just kidding. He was just scratching, scratching his head. Uh, we all make mistakes. We, we all sin, and, and, and none of us have attained. But sometimes we get ourselves into a rut where we're, where we're comfortable, where that, that, that ground, is, our heart has grown hard, and, and, and there's, there's no growth. There, there, there's, there, we, we just weren't comfortable being what we are. But I don't want to be comfortable, and I don't want to stay the same. I want to grow and become more and more like Jesus Christ. In fact, that's the entire purpose that God has given us new life and has given us the Word of God and the Spirit of God. It says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 30. Uh, turn over there real quick. We're going to come back to Peter, but this is a parable that Jesus told. And this verse stuck out to me. Matthew chapter 13, verse 30. He's, it's the parable of the wheat and the tares. Now, if, if you remember, in this parable, uh, uh, the, 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 the farmer or the, I don't remember, the, 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 person, who, the, the person who sowed went out and he sowed, and, and, the, and the wheat began to grow up. But then at night, the, the enemy came in and he planted some tares alongside the wheat. Now, at that age, you can't tell the difference between the wheat and the tares. And the workers for the, for, for the, uh, far, for the uh, sower said, should we go out and pull up the tares? He said, no, 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 don't do that, because you might pull up the, the, some of the good wheat also, because they're so similar. What you do is you wait till it grows up, and when it grows up, it's going to change. See, the wheat's going to grow up and, and look like wheat when it's mature, but the tares are going to grow up and look like tares, and then you'll know the difference. So just leave it there. And look, that's what it says there in verse 30. It says, Matthew 13, 30, it says, it says uh, where is it? let both grow together until the harvest. 
And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them. How can they tell the difference at that point in time of harvest? Because they look different. They act different. Uh, there, there are characteristic differences between wheat and tares. You can't tell it when they're young, when they're, when they're freshly planted or just starting to grow. You can tell when it gets old and old, mature. Some of you are old, but not mature. I'm just kidding. Relax. You can be old and not mature. And you can be mature and not old. But understand, there's a difference between the wheat and the tare. So, so it's, it's God's purpose for the child of God that he changes, that he doesn't stay the same, that he becomes, in fact, according to Ephesians chapter 4, 15, that we grow up unto him. Who's that him? Jesus. Now, it's not saying we grow up to be Jesus. It means we grow up to be like Jesus. How many of you, when you were kids, wanted to be like somebody? When I was about Hannah's age, I had to write a paper at school about what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I wrote that I wanted to be an oiler. Now, I didn't know what an oiler did. I just knew my, I thought my dad was one. And I knew he worked in the oil fields at the time. So that's what an oiler is, I guess. Uh, we all have this idea, this desire when we were kids to grow up to be something or to be like somebody. A lot of times people want to be like famous people. Don't be like famous people. Most of those famous people are really messed up. And uh, so, so, so don't be like them. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Find somebody who's like Christ and follow him, or better yet, just follow Christ. Uh, so it, it, but, but God doesn't want us to just stay who we are or what we were when we got saved. Because when we got saved, we were just like the tares. While we were alive inside, there, there was new life. We were still babes in Christ, and, and there was a whole lot of growing and maturing that needed to take place. Now, don't look down at a young tear, or not a young tear, a young, a young wheat and say, well, you know, you are really ought to be like me. One day, hopefully, they'll be like Christ, not like you. One day, as they grow and mature through the Word of God and the Spirit of God, they'll become more and more like Christ. And one day, you will too. As if you're truly saved and you're diving into the Word of God and feeding yourself and not starving yourself, you will grow into Christ. Now, with that being said, go back to Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. There in verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, we grow in grace, right? And here Peter is saying that he, his desire for them, it's part of his salutation or greeting, but he's, he's saying that he, his desire is that the grace of God is multiplied unto them uh, in, through their knowledge of Christ. He wants them to know God, know Christ more. And in one of the ways of our maturity, that's, is that we know Christ better. Sometimes it's through our trials, sometimes it's through the word, but God, God through his grace, helps us to know him more. Uh, verse 3 says, According as to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Notice that verse it tells the same thing that 2 Timothy 3.16 says. God's given us everything that we need through the word of God and the spirit of God that we need to attain godliness to become like Christ. He's equipped us with the Spirit and the Word uh, to, to become more and more like Christ. 
It says that pertaining to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now verse 4 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Uh, just simplifying that verse, it says, it says because of the promises of God, because, because of what he has done for us in our salvation, we've escaped the corruption of this world. And we don't have to be like the world anymore. We don't have to be dead in our sins or corruptible. We can become more and more like Christ. What a blessing. We studied that through, through the whole book of Ephesians. Looked at the doctrines of sanctification and how, how God is working in us. And again, uh, I used to be dead in my trespasses and sins, but God, according to his riches and his mercy, right? Ephesians 2, 4. Uh, he's done a work in me, and according to his promises, he continues to work in me. I've escaped that corruption in the world, uh, uh, but now... And I've done that through faith. Now, the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, right? It's we're saved by grace, by God's grace, through the faith in Jesus Christ. Amen? Not anything else. Well, the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We need faith. Without faith, there's no salvation. But don't stop there. I don't know how many times I've heard, well, I believe in God, or I believe that. I, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Good. Without it, you're not saved. But that's not enough. No, it's enough for your salvation. Don't get me wrong. It ain't enough to make you like Jesus. Say, so, well, I believe. I trust. Good. Now live like him. Well, how do I do that? Well, let's look at the next couple of verses. This is in verse 5. And giving, and beside this, giving all diligence means hard work. Add to your faith. You mean I've got to add to my faith? I thought faith was enough. Faith is enough for salvation. And God has given us, through the Spirit and through the Word, enough what we need to mature. But that maturity takes work, does it not? Ever have growing pains? You didn't have very many, Brother Rich. You're awful short. Actually, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Brother Rich isn't short. He's grown taller than his hair. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Marge is going to hit me later. Not hit me. I mean, scowl at me. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to get myself in trouble. I'm going to be quiet. Keep preaching. All right, back to the word. Back to the word instead of the making fun of people. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing. All right, so, uh, but we're, we're to add to our faith. We're to, we're to, we're to grow. And it's hard work. Those growing pains, it's not easy. To grow stronger, it means you've got to work out. Anybody ever exercise? It isn't just to get to not be fat. We, people get fat and have to work out to make themselves healthy. You don't work out to get fat. You work out to not be fat, to get rid of it. But many times you work out to grow muscle, right? To get stronger. It isn't easy. You have to do it continuously. You have, to, you have to set a time, you have to, to, to go to the gym, you have to lift weights, you have to eat right, those things are good for you. Why? So that you can grow. If you don't do it, there's a lack of growth. Continuing on, it says, add to your faith. Here are the things that you need to add to your faith. It says, add to your faith virtue. Virtue means strength. But it also means truth. So, so what used to happen, and still does, anybody ever made pottery? When they would take pottery and they'd put it into a kiln, uh, 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 it, 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 it hardens the clay. 
But sometimes, if there's an impurity in the, the clay, what can happen? It can crack. But you can't always see the crack. So you know what they would do? What they, and, and they still do. They'll put a light inside. And if the light shines through the crack, they can tell you that it's, that it's, that it's not virtuous, is, is, is the meaning of the word. It, it, it ends up being uh, broken, and then they have to take the clay and break it up, and they can remake it all over again. And, and thank the Lord God can remake us too. But, but uh, the, the, the idea is, is, is strength, but also honesty. Uh, be real. Don't, don't put on a facade when you come to church and pretend like you're more spiritual than you are. Now, I'm not saying you have to go around blabbing that you had a fight with your spouse on the way to church or, or that you had, a, you had a, oh, oh, a terrible day or a terrible week this week. Sometimes we all have bad weeks and we can be discouraged. And, I'm, and don't hide that either because the Bible tells us to bear one another burdens. But we also don't need to be complainers. And the truth is many times we complain over the problems and we don't praise God for the blessings. And uh, uh, the Bible calls that murmuring. And back in the Old Testament, he used to kill, he used to destroy the Israelites over that. And we were, we've been taught not to do that so that we learn from their mistakes. But the problem is, many of the times I find myself following the same mistakes they made. But we're to be virtuous. Add to that faith, uh, that, that virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. You mean that is more? Yes. There's a whole lot more. Knowledge. We're to add to it knowledge. Well, what is knowledge? Well, it's it's truth it's information it's those things that i don't know well how do i get that study to show thyself approved unto god a workman that needeth not to be ashamed written by the word of truth get into the word of god and know what it says uh, uh, be uh, be trans uh, be transparent be honest uh, and open learn the, study the word of god learn grow be be strong in your foundation of your doctrine and the truth of the word so that so that you know where you stand don't stand somewhere because the preacher said that's where you're supposed to stand. I, I'm fallible. I'm a human. Now, that doesn't mean don't ever listen to the word. It just means verify, trust, but verify. I love that phrase. If I'm preaching and I say something, don't just, well, he can't be right. He's human. Well, I, can't, I can be right, but it can also be wrong. Verify it by the word of God in, in your hand. Trust will verify. So add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance. Temperance is self-control. Found that word somewhere else in Galatians chapter 5. It's the fruit of the Spirit. We'll allow the fruit of the Spirit to, 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 to come through us. But think about self-control. It means I'm, I'm setting aside the flesh, and I'm strengthening the Spirit. I'm, I'm feeding the spirit. I'm strengthening my spiritual man. I, I'm putting. I, I, I'm putting aside my fleshly desires that I might grow closer to the Lord. It, you know, a lot of times we're we're feeding the, the flesh instead of feeding the spirit, and there will be no growth, at least spiritually, when you're feeding the flesh. You feed the flesh, and well, you can find some growth, but it means you need new pants, not not uh, not that you're growing more spiritually mature. But feed yourself with the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Be strong in it. But add temperance. We need to be able to control our, our desires. If you're somebody who's going to, uh, if you're somebody who every time you drive by a donut shop, you have to pull in and buy a donut, that's a problem. But it's also, if you're, if you're somebody who every time you're on the computer and, and a, 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 a in, 
an improper image pops up on the screen and you have to click it, that's a problem. If you're somebody who every time that, that uh, uh, somebody, uh, you get angry and your temper flares and you yell at whoever's there, you, you, that's a problem. That's, that's not being temperate. And, being, and temperance is a fruit of the Spirit. You say, well, I just can't have tried. I can't have victory over that. It's because you're trying to have victory instead of allowing the Spirit of God to have victory. The Bible says walk in the, in, the, in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So, so we're to add that knowledge, we're to add that virtue, but we're also to add that temperance so that we're not doing those things that would, that would hinder the Spirit, that would grieve the Spirit, that would limit, the, limit our spiritual growth. Add to your, your temperance, patience. Ah! You, I remember when I was a kid, they used to say, I've heard it said, in fact, I heard it not too long, don't pray for patience, because God will work it out in your life. I mean, there's troubles coming. But we're to add to our faith, patience. Uh, patience isn't, isn't just going through a difficult time, because we all go through difficult times. Patience is, is, is endurance in that difficult time. It means you're not quitting. You're not groaning, and you're not blaming God. It doesn't mean that you're not grieving. Listen, if somebody in your family dies, uh, it's okay to grieve. There's nothing wrong with that. If you find out that you've got cancer, it's okay, it's okay to be concerned about your health and to seek God for it, but you don't have to quit over it. You don't have to blame God for what's happened. Uh, uh, look, at the, look at Job in his life and, and all the things that God allowed Satan to take from him. And the Bible says he blamed not God. I don't know how many times people have blamed God for things that happened in their life. And, and, and it, it was foolishness on their part. God's desire and the way to glorify God in those times is to endure, to have patience. We're to add to our patience, godliness. Well, what is godliness? It means to be like God. Now, we, we aren't God, and we can't be like God. We can't be holy like God is holy, but we're to strive for holiness. We're to try to take on the characteristics of, our, of God, uh, of Jesus Christ. Matthew, Matthew chapter 5, you go through the Beatitudes and blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor. Listen, those are the characteristics of Jesus Christ and they're the characteristics that we're to take upon ourselves. We're to be holy like God is holy. Now again, we're not perfect and we make mistakes, but we're to strive for that godliness. And the more and more that we are attuned and, and, and aligned with the word of God and the characteristics of God, the more and more godly that we are, we are uh, the more and more godly we appear and are. Now again, we are not God, but we're to be like him. Now we're going to add to godliness, brotherly kindness. And brotherly kindness, charity. Brother, brotherly kindness is love for our brother. And the Bible tells, Jesus said that we're to love one another. In fact, we're to be known for our love for one another. Uh, char charity is love in action and it's not just love for one another but love for the lost and love for the world and, and, and how we respond to others in their, in their need whether we ignore them whether we, whether we embrace them or whether, we, whether, whether we're consumed with a desire to help if we can listen, uh, we're to do those things because those things add on to uh, our, our, our faith to make us sure in our standing listen, you don't lose your salvation 
But, but if you go into the book of 1 John, 1 John gives you a list of things that you can, it's almost a checklist. You can, as you, as, if you begin to doubt your salvation, you can say, okay, I've got this, 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 and I can be assured of my salvation because my, my, my faith, my life lines up with the word of God. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3 that, that if you see a brother in need and, and uh, uh, you have the ability to help that need, but you shut up your bowels of compassion, is the way that it says, that how, how doth the love of God dwell in you? Well, if the love of God doesn't dwell in me, God's not in me, right? So it's, it's, that, check, it's that checking thing, just like this is. We're to have the charity. We're to have brotherly kindness. Now, now notice verse 8. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we add these things to our faith, we will not be barren or unfruitful. The word barren means not producing or reproducing. When we, when we go out, we talk about gathering wheat for the, or gathering for the harvest. The Bible says the harvest is, the harvest is, a, or he says, you say that the harvest isn't for, for I think it's four months, uh, uh, but the harvest is ripe and ready, right? And that's what Christ told the disciples. Listen, uh, we, we, we think about going out for the harvest. He was talking about the lost souls. If you live this life, if, you, if you're showing brotherly kindness and love and charity and, and temperance and all these things, listen, uh, not only, and the, and the godliness and the virtue and the, the knowledge, listen, you're going to, you're going to be, have much more success in reaching people for Christ than if you're living like a tear, but act, saying you're a wheat. So it's important that we grow. This is, the, this is part of the importance for our spiritual growth. So that we're not barren. It's also so that we're not unfruitful. Uh, the Spirit of God is to, to, to bear through us, and the fruit of the Spirit is to be, uh, be apparent in our lives. lives. Galatians chapter 5 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, and we're to, to have those things in our life uh, so that others might see that we're filled with the Spirit. He goes on to say, verse 9, a warning. But he that lacketh these things, Listen, he didn't say he that lacketh faith. He said he that lacketh these things. What things? The things that you're to add is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. See, that, that, that last phrase indicates that he was purged. He just forgot. He's still living in sin, acting like, living like that wheat. Sorry, living like that tear in a wheat field. He's, he's, he's proclaiming to be saved, but living like, like he's not. We, we need to be very careful that, that we don't go around saying, well, I believe, I believe, I believe, but nothing ever changes. When, when God placed the Holy Spirit within you and that light within you, you begin to change. And what is the promise of, of, of God in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6? He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not done working on any one of us. And we are to grow. We are to change. Which means we're to continue on and progress to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Don't, don't forget. Don't blind yourself with, with your spirituality. Don't, don't, uh, don't get so 
What's the word when you can't see? So nearsighted? That you don't see what's coming. One day Jesus is going to come back and we're all going to stand before him. And listen, if you're saved and you have, if you have faith in Christ, if you believe, that's all that's required for salvation. But there, but there will be rewards and there will be a reckoning. We will stand before God and our lives will be accounted for before Christ. Every idle word the Bible tells us. So instead of forgetting, the Bible says, wherefore the rather, instead of, wherefore the rather, verse 10, brethren, give diligence, work hard to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. If we spend our lives feeding our flesh, we'll fall, we'll stumble, there will be very little spiritual growth. There won't be any fruit in our lives. That we won't see anybody saved. We won't really, we'll spend our lives focused on just temporal things. When I say temporal, I mean earthly. Uh, the amount of money I got in my pocket and are my bills paid and is there food on the table and, and uh, paying my mortgage and retirement and, and all these things that are earthly, right? And, and it's easy to get consumed with the earthly. But you're blind because in light of eternity, all the stuff is worthless. Instead of looking afar off to, listen, one day, either Jesus is going to come back or I'm going to die and get to heaven. And I've got nothing to, nothing, I'm not taking any, anything with me. I've, I've, got, I've not witnessed anybody. My life has been in a shambles. I've been a weak Christian. I've not, I, 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 I've not served. I'm not, I'd rather, I'd rather get, be able to get to that point and, say, and hear, the, hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not, you made it in by the skin of your teeth. Now, it's not with the skin of my teeth. It was through the blood of Christ. And again, I'm, I praise God for it. And we don't earn our salvation. But if there's life, there should be growth. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. God, I thank you for uh, your word and what you've given to us. Uh, Lord, I, I pray that you would give us a desire and an urgency to, to, to uh, feed on your word and to grow Lord, help us to look at our lives and uh, not really get so caught up in what we, what we haven't done, Lord, but what you would have us to do. Uh, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be uh, f focused upon you and serving you and bringing honor to your name and glorifying you. I pray, God, that you would just bless us and lead us uh, and use this church, Father, uh, that we might bring honor and glory to your name, that we might see souls saved. Help us to grow in our reading of the word. Lord, help us to grow in, in our time of prayer and in our unity and our love for one another and our, our, our control and, and temperance of the flesh and of our submission to the spirit. We thank you, Father, for all you've done for us. Help us, Lord. We need you. In Jesus' precious name, I ask these things. Amen.